You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. We're in Japan. Why are you watching videos? Just using my phone to find our next meal. What's that? Let's find out. With my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra, I can circle it with the S Pen and search right in the app. Looks like it's called Takoyaki. Tofu! Actually, it's fried octopus. <laughs> I knew that. Circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Get yours now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. In truth, Kelly and Conrad are exactly everything that Ollie loved about guitar playing. They were extremely technical, extremely mindful, thoughtful, tasty, all those things. So basically, Kelly and Conrad were essentially the pheromones for this band to attract other people that were much more talented than me to want to play with us. And that started the fire, Billy Joel. Wow, guys, we're only like 70 episodes in before we decided to have an indulgent episode where we think that we're so special that you don't have to have a guest that maybe you know ahead of time other than us. Stuck with us on this one. (laughs) Nice (laughs) to have a chance, just the three of us, to talk about what we've been doing and, you know, a little more about this past year. Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin are the people that you're listening to right now and we'll hear for the next hour exclusively. But of (laughs) course... Maybe we just lost some listeners. (laughs) Yeah, of course, that's Benny Goodman who will... uh, be talking more than us for the most part. Um, but yeah, if you want to learn Don't a little scare bit- scare them away, bro. I'm not, you can hear a little bit more about Lost Symphony, our project here, a little more behind the scenes in the podcast and just what's been going on. We appreciate you guys listening. Obviously go to 2020.com, 2020-d.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. Hit the like button, the bell icon. There's a little animated thing somewhere that's going to tell you what to do. Just do what it says. I promise you it'll be great. And then, uh, yeah, let's, let's just dive right into it and- We'll see you on the other side. I hope there's water at the bottom of the pool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of 2020. I'm Siobhan Cronin here, as always, with my friends, my cohorts, my Lost Symphony bandmates, Benny Goodman and Corey Peza. How you guys doing? Doing good. Waking we're, up. We're drinking coffee this morning. <laughs> I know. Living long uh, and prospering. A rare morning get together. So. I know. It's so weird. It's so yeah. weird. But. I know. Normally I'm with my wine, so we're going to have to get some more artwork now of the morning version. Coffee <laughs> yeah, right. cups. I know, right. <laughs> Paul Lorenzo. I Thanks hope to Paul listening. Lorenzo. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't even have an internet connection. Like, we need to go with our think. NPR voices for this one. Ex- exactly. Yeah. We need to calm it down. But Benny's had coffee already, so there yeah. might be more interruptions than usual. <laughs> And it's a rare three-person episode. It's just the three of us, guys. So you're stuck with us for this one. (laughs) Wow, great marketing. I'm sure everyone's like, let's go to the next episode now. (laughs) But speaking of that, don't forget to like and subscribe to 0020-D.com. We have a lot of great guests that we've interviewed. If you're just joining us, definitely go back and dig into the archives because we've got so many awesome interviews. But it's nice. Like like, uh, we just talked to Richard Shaw. We've had Alex Skolnick. I mean, who else? Like, I, I almost can't even remember. <laughs> Satchel from Steel Panther. Satchel? We had Paul Geary. Had Actually, Paul Geary. Paul Geary, I told him that John Dene from Anthrax watched his episode. Also, he was John like, really, that's really cool wait so they were watching the episode I'm like yeah man there's actually people that watch the show beyond my mom I know it's fucking crazy but he's like, that's cool man but also not just limited to music people you know we've talked to a lot of people in production and TV like Alex Boylan Jeff Schroeder reality uh, television uh, Cara Maria Sorbello 
don't want to Burton Roberts, Polly Calafiore. Yep. John Garabedian, one of the greatest DJs of all time. Steve Stevens, the fucking goddamn legend behind the legend that is Billy Idol. You know. Yeah. So after you watch this episode, go back and watch those ones. Right. Rodolfo Zaniga, who explains jazz to us. (laughs) Right. Who I just saw yesterday. So. Oh, really? That's nice. Yeah. Tell him, tell him we said what's up. Congratulations he on becoming a professor. Sir. Yeah, he is. He's becoming a professor. He's moving to LA. So he just got a really big job, a tenure track professor in uh, yeah. Los Angeles. So he's moving. My last remaining friends are leaving Miami. <laughs> I'm well, the lone it's wolf. eroding. So smart move, Rodolfo. <laughs> yeah. We'll all be underwater at some yeah, point. For for this episode, you're you're getting our guest is, is Lost Symphony. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's you're you're stuck with us. Do we talk about what this project is so people after i don't know 79 episodes whatever the fuck we're at right now can actually know what it is why don't you introduce it then wouldn't hurt well um so everyone understands the premise that we basically started this uh podcast 2020 as a resort uh, as a result of not being able to tour or really support our record which was for a band called lost symphony which is more of a project than it was a band at first um, it actually started off as kind of a, a question that I posed to the interwebs, which was, who's the greatest guitarist out there? And in particular, the greatest guitar player that I haven't heard of. I think I posted that as like one of those stupid, like, I need attention um, kind of posts on my page. But I got a lot of answers. That's most posts, I think. Yeah, it's, it's like the, I call it the reverse thirst. It's like when you, you know, the girl posts a picture of her boobs pushed up and she's like, I don't like guys. And she's like, doesn't want attention, but you do want attention. Um, but I had, I, someone had posted Kelly, Kelly Kerlock, who's the guitarist for Lost Symphony um, from Hamilton, Ontario. And I remember watching this guy and just going, holy crap. This dude is outrageous. And I, of course, you know, stalked him on Facebook and was like, oh my God, you're the greatest. I love you. I was a little intense. Um, But then I asked him who he thought was the greatest guitarist that I had never heard of as well. And he said, dude, you got to check out this guy, Conrad Simon. And Conrad, another fellow Canadian who is of mystical level. um, We don't know crap about this dude. Like he just (laughs) is a mystical guitarist. And I blew my mind. And I said to Kelly, would you and Conrad, who I guess he didn't really know, but he like they knew of each other, be willing to do a collaboration? And we did a song, which is uh, on chapter one called Leave Well Enough Alone. And um, that was kind of our proof of concept. We we uh, did that song together and Kelly and Conrad just sent the most insane like again it was for me for the first time here it was like cacophony it was like the most insane guitar playing i had heard since jason becker and marty friedman and i was like these guys really are the best and i was like this is a cool thing and um when we went to go get drums for it because conrad had programmed these drums that were humanly impossible to play we we approached our friend jason costa from all that remains and um who's one of the sickest drummers on the planet we've also interviewed so check out that episode yes you should definitely check out jason because he's fucking hilarious and kelly we also Uh, interviewed him go on but he he came on and and he played and he didn't really care because jason was just doing me a favor but ollie the guitarist in his band, he was like, oh, he's going to love these guys because of Kelly and Conrad. And in and, and truth, Kelly and Conrad are exactly everything that Ollie loved about guitar playing. They were extremely technical, extremely mindful, thoughtful, tasty, all those things. So basically, Kelly and Conrad were essentially the pheromones 
for this band to attract other people that were much more talented than me to want to play with us. And that started the fire, Billy Joel. Yeah. And, and then once Ollie came on board, he became the beacon that actually attracted people that people care about, which was huge. The beacon. And then yeah. uh, long, long story short, now we're releasing our third record uh, in a very short amount of time. Yeah. And of course, the single Take Another Piece, that there's a video up online already. Everyone can check it out. Features a lot of the guests that we've talked about, like Alex Skolnick, Marty Friedman, Richard Shaw, Kelly's on there. It was amazing to see how many people were asking about Kelly. Speaking of the best guitarist you've never heard of, right? <coughs> I, it was so I cool. Love, that, I love all the people like, who's Blondie? Or yeah. who's Jerry, Dr. So Jerry Cantrell? <laughs> yeah, it was very cool to see. <laughs> Someone called him Edgar Winter, which I thought was probably the most accurate. That's awesome though. It's it's cool having like that mysterious figure in, you know, in, in our videos and in our content. You know what I love about him though, is that he's so good that we asked him to play with Marty Friedman and Nuno Betancourt. And knowing Kelly, he went home and thought of the craziest thing that he could possibly play that only other guitar players would understand how hard it is. Because I mean, I listened to the solo and I go, that sounds awesome. And that's cool. But then there's like these nerdy guitar players online that are like, who is that guy? His technique is outrageous. He might be the best of them all. And that's the thing is that Kelly literally can play against or with anybody in the world. And even when you play with Alex Skolnick and Richard Shaw and, and Nuno Betancourt and Marty Friedman, there's still going to be a guy going, but that dude is ridiculous. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And the answer is, you're yes. correct. Yeah. You well, are correct. We're, so what we're seeing now with Take Another Piece, it's got, you know, it's, it's the closest thing we have to, you know, a viral song and video where we're getting a lot of attention from people that didn't know the band for the first couple records and it, we can see that typical people people <laughs> that are fans of guitar work and and musicianship are really connecting with it because what, what we essentially have is a seven eight minute long song that's just you know music and and, and notes and stuff in your face but it's done in a way that people are listening through the entire thing multiple times which you know if you had asked me that a, a couple of years ago like yeah you guys are gonna be putting out a record with like eight minute long songs i'd be like i don't think i don't think we're gonna do that <laughs> but i think they serve a different purpose because like you know as somebody <clears throat> you know, I, i've listened to these records a million times at the gym and like you know when you're at the gym there's a lot of times you're listening to a song and, and it's like you got this vibe going you're like bummer it's only four minutes long like yeah. whatever like, yeah that's true because it has no lyrics and it has uh, and it just kind of engulfs you into a trip I find that even listening to the album all the way through, if I'm on like a life cycle or if I'm on my hoverboard, I'm just like, I feel like I'm in a John Wick film, just like going around, like dodging deer running across in front of me and the turkeys that are in my neighborhood and the, the one crane and the hedgehog. It's just me against the world with the Lost Symphony music in my head. So I actually think that it fills uh, a need where there, there isn't a lot of soundtrack music that people right, can just put like on the and rock out music. to and just say, I'm going to get on my motorcycle. Lost Symphony, the soundtrack to your life. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we will not pay for your speeding tickets. So please do not ask anymore. No, it's, it's you know, it, it seems a bit self-indulgent for us to sit here and talk about the band, but it's in a, it's a situation where- But go we on. Really, no, we really have to think of the amount of content that we've put out over the past year. We took what was essentially five years worth of work and condensed it down and packaged it in this like nice tight, you know, series of, of records chapter one, chapter two available now and chapter three, which is available now or probably within a couple of weeks from whenever <laughs> this episode comes out. Um, so please go to lostsymphony.com, purchase a yes. mug, get a mug, 
get a this is an infomercial by the way now only 1995 actually i don't know the <laughs> price but uh and the the artwork by the way is worth buying it alone mm-hmm. um I, I mean i gotta tell you i have it all framed on my wall yeah and we gotta say special thanks to boris grow because everyone keeps saying like hey these albums look awesome but like one of the reasons that people i feel like have gravitated back towards vinyl is because the pictures are bigger so like yeah we found a guy who we wanted to do every single piece of art because we saw his art and it was so recognizable. There is art for every single song. And it is so incredible. I mean, look, I'm a nerd and obviously self-indulgent, but I have like six or seven posters of our own artwork. But not because I'm a fan of my man, but because I'm a fan of Boris Grow and that I was so in love with his art. I'm like, I got to put this on my wall. And the yeah. fact that it has my band's name on it is cool. <laughs> <laughs> when I Corey's bu- like Corey's like I really hope that it doesn't have the band's name I, know, I, I try to hide I wanna, that I want to buy like the, the sweatshirt I'm like can you just photoshop out our band <laughs> like, although I will say I did have an experience when I went out to go visit our friend Paul Geary who's another episode uh, two episodes you should check, check out Paul Geary the legendary drummer of Extreme and also legendary manager of guys like Joe Perry and Johnny Depp and um, Godsmack but um, y- y- you know he came out wearing the shirt that Paul Lorenzo, another uh, episode we've done, was where uh, drew all three of us as caricatures. And his wife Jean's like, "Oh, he's wearing it for you." I'm like, "Oh, he's definitely not wearing it for me." <laughs> like, and it, it was one of those things where he was like walking around, and I had a joint in my mouth and the thing. And I'm like, Are, "Can you get the one without me with the joint?" Like, I'm trying to be an adult right now, and you're wearing this shirt of me looking like a child. And he was like all proud to be wearing it. And he loved the shirt. Just embrace who you are, Ben. It's a very fucking weird thing. You're right, Corey, to be in a room with somebody wearing you on a shirt. Yeah, it's been there's been several times where I've gone to visit a friend or family and then they walk out and I look down. I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) people are going to. It's like being at star set shows when someone has like your signature tattooed on like. Does Anne Marie, is she going to wear it to star set? Come on, tell Anne Marie to go backstage wearing it. That's the best promotion ever my mom doesn't do t-shirts so can we make <laughs> yeah. something for her can we embroider something for her can we make, like make a, her our, a our own custom a 2020 well, you know what shoes. we should make a siobhan jacket because she would wear it oh, we'll yeah. put your face on it and then we'll just put like 2020 star set uh, all the people that you've done we'll put like all a walking resume crystals. of me so that she doesn't even have to talk about it anymore yeah that would help <laughs> yeah Merch anyway. is, merch is uh, interesting. I mean, I think Lost Symphony is cool because if you go to lostsymphony.com, there is, there's so much to choose from. Like you, you can definitely find something like just like, and, and it is, it's, you know, all the credit goes to Boris, his, his, the world that he created around the music is phenomenal. And it's really cool. If you need something to hang on your wall, if you need something to listen to, if you need something to drink out of, I think there's coasters, there's like all these cool things and it's, you know, we're it looks obviously, cool. yeah. we're, hawk, we're hawking our stuff because we're broke <laughs> musicians, but I buy it. I, I pay for it. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Yeah, we, it's cool. So, so everyone knows, like especially all my friends, like, hey man, can you throw me a shirt? Like we pay for our own fucking shirts, <laughs> man. Support the like, music. We're like, welcome to the reality of being a musician. Unless you're like Megadeth or Metallica or something, where they throw you your own merch because they make two million. Run like you don't get free shirts. So like, if you see us wearing anything or buy, like Corey paid thirty nine ninety nine for that fucking mug. You want to know why it's, it's not thirty nine ninety nine? It's cheaper than it's, that. It's, it's literally, but it's all print on demand because no band could afford to have uh, everything warehoused and printed up because we have to wait for you guys to decide that you like us and hopefully you like us enough where we can do large runs of these shirts and then maybe we can get our own shirts for free but like this is the reality of being in a band that said Boris Grow has made it very expensive to be in this band 14 dollars 
fourteen ninety nine. It's the shipping it's a steal. that they fuck it's you a on. Steal. <laughs> That's why but you gotta buy multiple things because they fuck you on the shipping. The stuff. It's like. You're making it harder for people right now. In any event, the point is the artwork is awesome. It looks cool. The coasters, the mugs. Yes, go buy it. Support the music. LostSymphony.com. <laughs> but coming back to the podcast, though, since we're kind of, you know, that's what we're here for. It's what's been cool, you know, also being in Lost Symphony is we've gotten to really talk to all the people that for the most part we were only playing with or interacting yeah. in terms of creating music, right? So it's been really cool after the fact doing all these albums to go back and talk to people like Richard Like Shaw, David Abruzzese. Like David Abruzzese, talking to Kelly, who I've never even been in the same room as, right? So None it, of us have. Yeah, yeah, so that's another thing is just just understanding the way that Lost Symphony works is, is we are, you know, the, the definition of a pandemic band before there was a pandemic, you know? Right. We, we were ahead before. of the trend. We've never <laughs> all been in the same room, uh, which it, you know is crazy. I think the closest we've come are these 2020 episodes, which is funny. Like you're in a band with someone for five years and you talk to them for the first time on a in, Zoom a, call. in a Zoom call. Well, I was going to say, I talked to Kelly for the first time, like it was when we were first working with Rusty Cooley, also an, also episode, an episode, along yeah. with Angel Vivaldi. Also um, an episode. <laughs> I was in Mexico, man. And I was using, at the time, Skype was the main offender versus Zoom. And I think I went to Mexico twice and talked to Kelly um, and Rusty and tried showing Rusty how to plug into his computer before Rusty actually delivered a solo. <laughs> so that was like years. That was like two years that I went to Mexico and we still didn't have Rusty play on the yeah. record. And we're still like, you went to Mexico and talked to Kelly in Canada and then. Yeah. And uh, Rusty in Texas. Yeah. It was awesome. That's how I had. I had to go to a different country to talk to them. Lost Symphony brought together people that we would never expect to be you know, in communication with in any way, shape, or form. Many thanks to Ollie, because he did start that fire. People all the time ask, like, how did you do it? Well, it started with Ollie, and then I just took the ball and ran with it. And Ollie's how I met you guys, you know? So that was such serendipity, It's you know, in a lot of ways. I literally remember the call. And I've said this before, but, like, I was DJing a wedding in Newport, Rhode Island, like this bougie wedding, and then, like, during... Um, I want to say like cocktail hour when I have like a mix going or some shit. Um, I get a call. For, I get a message from Ollie like, dude, you got to call me now. Like the, uh, there's this girl and she, she, she plays violin like crazy. And I think she's, I think she's down to be a part of what we want. And we, 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 we want strings, don't we? Like, cause we had talked about orchestrating things. Cause Brian, my brother um, is amazing at orchestrating an orchestra. But why have fake strings when you can have real strings? So, um, I remember like it, like so excitedly calling Siobhan and just being, Hey, so I am in this band and Ollie's awesome. And this is great. And like just downloading on her. Like, do, do you want to come to Boston? And I closed the sale. The first fucking call. She's like, yeah, I'll come to Boston. I'm like, Oh, and then my life is better. Yeah. And like literally <laughs> talk about the one thing that, you know, again, people are like, why, why wouldn't you and Siobhan be married? Cause she was too easy to get along with from the very beginning. <laughs> That's why there was no conflict. I was like, Siobhan, do you want to come to my house from Miami? She's like, sure. And then she was there. And then I was never attracted to her again. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> so there needs oh, to be j- conflict. The truth is you had, you had to have hated me for at least six months for me to ever be attracted to you. I think if I didn't you. come to Boston, I That's why I, I was... love Corey. I, I have a gay crush on him because he's just, he's hated me for six, seven years. He's been playing that time, that fucking sexy bastard. Okay, well, after you called me, I probably felt afraid that you would come hunt me down if I didn't come to Boston. So I was like, well, what are the odds? I might as well just go. (laughs) And so I might as well. I will come to catch a predator. (laughs) Like, like, I'll just threaten you into coming 
so I could like threaten you in person. No, but yeah. it's funny Sounds when like, like when idea. I think about career, you know, like we a lot of classical musicians talk about this, like how do people end up on certain paths or how did you build a career? And so much of what I trace back, like something that turned into something big or like a really big part of my life, I can go back and trace it down to like one tiny moment where if I was like, eh, no, or like didn't listen to someone or was like too into my own thing and ignored them, like I would not have done any of that, you know? So, so much of it is just like being out there and like throwing stuff how, out how there. How many opportunities do you think were, squ- were squandered by you speaking on the phone to Brock for long periods of time? Um, I don't think many. I try to push it into sure certain. That? <laughs> I, I don't ever not answer people though. So if I ever if someone calls me about something, I always call them back or, you know. So I, I wouldn't attribute that. It's interesting. You, you don't often, and maybe it's just confirmation bias, but you don't hear often people saying the opposite of like, oh, this terrible thing in my life can trace back to this one decision. This one decision made everything terrible. It's always the opposite. Usually, if something terrible is going on in your life, it's a series of terrible decisions. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, that's just another example of like, say yes, try it out. It doesn't work out. Nothing bad usually happens, you know, unless you, you, you know, Ben. Is this ben, what you tell girls when you tell them you don't want to wear a condom? Well, I gonna, no, oh, God, uh, I was going to say, unless Ben was a serial killer, then, then Siobhan's <laughs> decision to come to his house would have been a bad one. But, you know, it worked out okay. And we're here now. So, yeah, <laughs> I guess when you have enough people talking about another person that you trust, it's like, well, all right, that's this yeah, person trust is probably. Yeah, that's the guy you should trust, the six foot four guy with the beard and long hair that smells like metal. No, but when you were around him, though, there, there is like an in-person aura where, you know, you feel like someone's genuine. It's hard to oh, do over genuine. the Internet. But I mean, you know, yeah. when you're in the same room as him, like I could tell that he was like. Ollie, a Ollie didn't have the capacity dude. to not be gen- genuine. Yeah, that would, exactly. that would be that would be way too difficult for him. Imagine him trying to be sneaky about something. Yeah, it just wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, the sneakiest he got would be like, you know, go into your kitchen at two o'clock in the morning to take another burrito. And, oh, sorry, man, I was hungry. <laughs> like, you know, maybe like, like, oh, dude, you could have just told like, who stole the burrito. Oh, he's just got like sauce on his shirt. Like, I don't know, man. Literally, just, yeah, yeah, dude, he, that's, he stole food. Like he totally did. Like he would like eat food in the middle of the night and I'd be like, dude, have at it. He'd be like, I didn't eat it. Like, dude, just tell me you ate it. It's fine. Like, it's okay. Like, oh, I did it though. Yeah, you did, you fat ass. Oh my gosh. No, but like all the positive change in my life happened outside of my comfort zone, you know? So there was most things that I ended up getting into that turned out to be great. At the time that they started, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this or if I can do this or, you know? So I think you always have to be a little bit uncomfortable to embark on something that's going to turn into a greater thing, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like that's pretty common. Even talking yeah. to a bunch of the people that we've had on the podcast, you know, it's always these random moments of being asked to do something that's like, oh, I guess I'll try it. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's one of those common themes that, that always comes up and it's one of those, it's what I'm grateful for on the podcast is it's confirmation of kind of that uh, cliche advice that people spew. Uh, you can tell a lot of it's bullshit and a lot of it's, you know, real. And, and this show has allowed us to kind of narrow in on what mindsets and decision-making has gone into what's actually made people successful as opposed to like, you know, getting, um, you know, self-help and life advice from someone that you're like, dude, you're, you're me. Like, why would I take advice from you? Like, right, right, right. <laughs> you're also doing the same shit I'm doing, but like getting to talk to people that are at a higher level doing things that, you know, when we, you look at from the outside, you're like, how the hell did they get there? And 95% of the time it's because they were ready and they said yes. And prior to that, they said they were ready and said yes to things that didn't work out but they still said yes to that next thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what led to that growth. And then, you know, as people ascend in their careers and success, those asks and those things they try out 
generally lead to they take bigger steps it's almost like this crazy uh curve where after you get to a certain point the opportunities that arise that you can take can take you even further and that's why we get people that are super cool and down to earth but incredibly successful and they're just sitting there like i have no idea i just I agreed to do this and now here. I'm here. You know? Well, you nailed my favorite part of the show, dude, which, you know, when we first started this, we didn't know what the fuck it was. We really didn't. I still don't. Um, I have no idea we, what's going on. I mean, on. we still, still don't, waiting. but I can tell you what it feels like from my perspective is like we're doing like a two hour LinkedIn with like somebody that we admire for whatever reason that we decide to have them on the show. Because understand that everybody that's on the show, like the the thing, the thread in common is that all three of us want to talk to them for whatever reason because we admire something they've done. Um, and I, I think it's such a privilege because, you know, a guy like, for example, Shannon Larkin, I'm playing in his band now because he heard Lost Symphony and because like we talked on the show and like we found out like, bro, are we best friends? And like, yeah, man, like I want to go down to Florida and like hang out with his turtles. Like, I love that guy. You know what I mean? Like, and, he loves, and I've become even turtles. closer friends with David Abruziz, who I've known for years now, and we've done many songs, but, like, I feel like Siobhan and Corey can probably attest to this. Like, we got really below the water to understand that dude, um, and I feel like every time we talk to somebody, like, it's a very selfish thing for us because we get to, like, you know, you listen to someone like Elizabeth Jaroff from The Charismatic Voice. Yeah. We're literally going, how did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. Yeah. No, really. Have your husband tell us more of how to win the internet because they're winning. And like, I feel like even with what I'm doing, like, so right now I went and shot a pilot for the show, The Neurotic Guitarist, like out in Vegas. Like I shot it, like we shot a pilot and like, it's crazy. Cause it's like one of those things like, well, what are you going to do? I'm not really even employed. That's the truth. I'm not even employed. So like, I'm just going for it because everybody that we've had on the show has told me, well, that's how you do it, man. You just, jump off into the pool and hope there's water and not just cement yeah <laughs> it's true and it's cool because it's it's consistent regardless of where what the people are doing you can be a metal musician you could be someone in tv you can be a youtube person anything that you're creating something it's the same principles regardless of what exactly you're doing whole holy parallel batman because i i was just at again paul geary who um uh, who who manages uh godsmack and and johnny depp and again was a drummer in extreme i was at his house and he goes hey man can you teach me give me a guitar lesson and i'm like yeah of course uh, drummer, start a drummer a drummer wanting a guitar lesson <laughs> dude the amount of <laughs> cliches during that lesson was hilarious and i, I said uh, so first off i told him the first thing kelly told me which is if you're not practicing to a metronome you're not practicing he's like really like, no, you're just playing for yourself. Like, is that what you're trying to do? And then the first thing he did was he started playing chords. He goes, but sometimes I fuck up these notes. And I'm like, then play slower. Like, how are you raking the string? And then I said, to, I looked him right in the eye and I'm like, do you actually want to play when you're around Nuno Betancourt or fucking Jimmy Page or the people or Jeff Beck, the people he hangs out with or Joe Perry? Do you want them to go, oh my God, the drummer can play because he has rhythm. He has rhythm, but he so. doesn't know how to connect those synapses there. And and after the whole thing, we, we got cut off by dinner because the ladies wanted us. So we had to stop. And I, and I said to him, I hope you really internalize what I said, man, because I know I didn't say it or whatever. And he looks at me and he goes, listen, bud, everything I do, I do it and I'm listening. Secondly, it's just like everything, apparently, which is you got to do it slow. You got to do it right. Mm -hmm. So 
I should just know by now that if I'm going to play guitar, this is how I get good. And it's the same way I got good at everything else and just learn these capacities kind of thing. And I was just like, I left because the best thing you could ever hope for when you, you hope to impart some knowledge on someone is for them to be like, not only did I learn that, but fuck you for doubting me. And that was the greatest part about it. And that's why, again, Paul Geary was a great drummer behind Nuno Betancourt because he fucking did all those yeah. things and he worked hard. You don't get to that level of success without having that mindset and that approach to things. You know, if, if he was like, yeah, you know, whatever like that, if they, if that's how he approached stuff, then, you know, it would be a different story of who you were visiting in Las Vegas. But yeah. who's the joke on now, Joe Perry, if fucking Paul Geary actually pulls out like some Aerosmith well? <laughs> like, it's one thing if he pulls it out like a drummer and you're just like, dude, stay behind the drum. Joe Perry just, will still just be like, I'm fucking Joe Perry. <laughs> right. well, He'll wake up off. with all of his chains and his necklaces <laughs> yeah. on with the sunglasses and just be like, whatever. Yeah, Paul can't be. Well, he has a look. picture. Paul has a picture of Joe Perry and Steven Tyler from like the greatest period, like the, like the early to mid 70s. Right. And Joe Perry's face is completely covered by hair. Like, there's no way he can see through this mop. And mostly Steven Tyler, too. And I was like, do you even think they need to see to know how badass they are? Like, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, when you look at those guys together, that is rock and roll. And it's cr crazy to me to see a guy like Paul Geary, who's a legend, still get starstruck. Like, oh, my God, I got to hang out with Joe Perry. And it's like, bro... Queen called you the, the next band to take over rock and roll. And I saw the letter on his wall from Brian May saying, thank you for coming and playing the show. You kicked ass. You'd be surprised at how many people are asking about who your singer was and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, the only thing that confused me was he asked about Gary more than Nuno. I'm like, wouldn't you think that the girls in Britain would be more Nuno? But they're Gary people over there, which is strange. But I love, I, I love Gary and I think he's one of the greatest singers. But like, we all know that Nuno is the most beautiful man on the planet. <laughs> You are you have such a talent for taking a conversation from one place to somewhere completely different where the punchline is a giant Nuno joke. <laughs> Always. And you can catch Nuno on Take Another Piece, which is out now. Exactly. So go watch it. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're I'm lost now. I have no idea what's going on. Which, in is, a symphony? which is dot com. In lost a, symphony dot com. Yes, lost symphony dot com. July 9th, chapter three. Yeah, which I don't know when that is in relation to this being released. Fe featuring Corey Pesa. Right. On exactly. like 73 instruments. And it's funny because you're, <laughs> Corey's talking about how like we had so much stuff. Uh, we did so much material and produced so much stuff. What he meant to say is that he mixed and edited an incredible body of work in a short period of time. and Indeed. Which is why he has permanent bags under his eyes. And Scott, <laughs> hopefully will write off the fillers that Cindy can now put under your eyes. Courtesy of Appreciate one that. Scott. Scott. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, you Please, know, Scott. it's we one all of those things you, you mentioned earlier that, you, you know, I think we all listen to, I don't listen to our records anymore because I heard them ad nauseum. Sure. So I'll, I will at some point go back and listen to them, but I heard these records more than anyone, I promise you. Um, but the fact that being able to look at how much work went into them and how amazing it is to me that they actually came out or are coming out or were finished in any way, shape or form because the chaos that these were born from blows my mind. It is it is a miracle that we didn't accidentally delete the record four times. Like we are. Oh, there were we some accidental no, deletions. I'm we have sure. no business 
doing what we do really like it, can i tell you that one one of the things i want to include in the box set because we're going to release a box set guys of all three of the chapters so you can buy a cool thing is the so, story like, about losing gonna, string stems but I, I think we need to have like for liner notes we need to have like the the marty friedman diaries yeah. because the back and forth when we first met marty friedman he's the most polite professional gentleman and that i can only liken our our back and forth through email uh, to like one of those old 17th century old timey letter correspondences where it's like, yes, sir, ma'am, I found today very enjoyable. But upon looking at my schedule, I figured that I am actually playing a show at a large arena tomorrow. But do you find it agreeable in July? Maybe the second week for me to give you my magic. Like, whoa, Friedman. Like, so that there's so many interesting stories on this record of like what happened and what didn't happen and how things almost didn't come out or came out or you know drama yeah the the weeks leading up to uh the delivery not the release necessarily but the delivery of our masters have been the craziest every time you know the past three records the just life just Always turns chaos. into a living hell and thanks god we all, we all go into a vortex and it's it's not it's it's just because literally like we're we learned how to create records while making these records essentially yeah. like we've i think we've all well ben and i have been making music like making the music's the easy part it's the the putting it all together in a way that we can actually share it with people because no one's ever given a shit about what we've made before <laughs> so all of a sudden it's like oh people are going to hear this stuff we got to put like an actual uh we got to put artwork with this we got to do liner notes we got all the stuff that goes into presenting and packaging and delivering a record we were you know figuring out up until the last possible Put, second like, metadata on the song so when yeah. people go to spotify or something it says it actually features an artist versus just like you know marty friedman happens to physically be in lost symphony yeah, oops yeah it's 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 insane the stuff you know and it's i'm grateful it was a crash course in in how all this stuff works for us um certainly learned a lot looking forward to you know, Not our, our, our future, our future layers. endeavors going into them with the knowledge we have now will be great. Looking back on the, the previous uh, few releases, there's, there's parts that luckily anyone that buys the record will never know about. Right. But, uh, you know, like once again, it's just amazing seeing the physical product and, and, and getting it out there on, on Spotify and on the physical CDs and the, and the vinyls and all that stuff. You would have no idea <laughs> the, uh, the blood, sweat, and tears, and whiskey that went into creating these things. Sure, and what, what's amazing to me, too, as being a classical musician, is so many people that I work with over the course of my life have never or will never be a recording artist, right? Never mm -hmm. do an album, be on an album, or be part of, like, writing something. It's all based on live performance or being hired for a different orchestras, things like that. So the amount of stuff that I learned just being a part of an album process is incredible. You know, it, you really do inherit so many skills that you would never get if you didn't do recording. But one of the most humbling things and uh, and the most rewarding thing is like, you know, and I know maybe Siobhan coming from the classical world, you can't relate to this certainly as much as Corey and I, and I know Brock, I'm sure can relate to this, is that you're in, you're in a band, you get together with a bunch of people for like six months, a year, year and a half, you, you, you do some stuff, you do a few shows, you work really hard to get to those shows and then you break up for whatever reason and you have no testament or virtually nothing at all. You know, not even like a fucking bad cell phone recording yeah. of like to show that this ever happened. 
And like to me, that's just such a, a crazy. No, that's waste not of true. Time. You have like six months of posts on social media going, "Coming soon, you guys yeah, are gonna yeah, love yeah. this. That's this is gonna true. be great." So hanging yeah. in the studio, you know. Yeah, we, we. I joke around that Corey and I have thrown away more <laughs> albums than we've even let most bands ever even have the opportunity to record. Like literally, like ah, oh, we're just done. We're just gonna leave that one alone. And like, I mean, you, we go back on our, our computers and we never hear it again. But the thing that's great about this is that we got to play with some of the greatest musicians ever. Like one of the coolest moments like that really told me like how bananas being in this project was. We were talking to Mikey Doling, who's mm -hmm. also another uh, guest great well, I was talking great to Mikey on my Facebook. And I had just posted something with Marty Friedman. And earlier I had posted a, a side thing I'm doing with David Abruzzese, um, where we cover a kink song. Um, and he posted on the wrong post. And I thought he was talking about David and he was talking about Marty on my David post. And I was just like responding back with David stuff about Marty. And I'm like, wait a minute, are you talking about Marty? And he was like, sorry, it was the wrong post. And I realized like, I'm playing with so many legends on this record. Like if I die tomorrow, and I hope I don't, I know some of you probably do, but <laughs> if I die tomorrow, that like, I'm so happy knowing that like, I got to play with all of these people and that like my mixtape, like it is not lost on me that like, you know, Marty Friedman, who I grew up listening to all the time, every fucking day of my life, or, or a guy like Satchel, who I literally have admired for a decade, just knowing of it since the day I knew of his existence. Bumblefoot, who's at one point, I literally said to myself, like, there's nobody better live than this guy. Like, I saw him play with the fretless guitar in like 2007. I played a show called Loco Bazooka with Dan Hartwell, who we also have an episode with. And I got to see Bumblefoot. And I was just like, holy fucking shit. And that's not even all. And those guys are all on our record to the point where like the internet is like, I can't even believe this happened. And one of the reasons that I, I wanted this to happen was because I am such a nerd for this stuff. But I'm like, there's going to be others. They're going to be like, holy shit. You put Nuno and Alex and, and Friedman on the same song. Like, and I, I feel like almost are the people behind us financially like didn't even believe us until they started reading all the comments on YouTube, which are just like, I can die happy now because Nuno and Alex played on a song. Did you know that Marty Friedman's God? Oh my God. Well, Marty Nuno, Nuno for the win. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like it's a thousand <laughs> comments of that. Just, yeah. just a little, not off topic, but on that note, like the, uh, on the take another piece comments, there's so many people that are team Nuno team Marty. Yeah. And, uh, there's a few cool and then that. the team Alex and, and they, they all comment from the perspective of like, Oh, clearly everyone on this, this song was trying to be more like Nuno or, or everyone's trying to be more like Marty. They're all trying to compete with, you know, my favorite when people up. say that Nuno sounds like Andy James, who wasn't even born when you know came right. out with like his best work and then um other people they're like oh this sounds like this dream theater song and i'm just like no dream theater just sounds derivative of the same derivative classical no, i mean music there's, they're just comparing there's similar no i know but they're like oh you ripped off that rip and they're like dude i haven't even I, heard that song. no one no one's saying rip off i'm there's, mad at you internet i'm mad i'm gonna find all of you and the, fucking uh, infiltrate the you the comments are overwhelmingly positive which is great yeah, to see right. and then and then it's just it, that one guy the criticisms the criticisms are great criticisms they're, they're clearly no, from people that don't like instrumental music which is hilarious they're like i'm bored with this like where's the singing you know <laughs> yeah exactly like, if you don't like guitar and if you don't like this like kind of orchestral like very cinematic vibe you're not gonna like us but that's okay that's completely fine if if you want music if you're basic and you think that old town road was the best song yeah. and deserves to be the greatest <laughs> song of the year we are not for you 
Old Town Road's a jam, man. But yes, if, <laughs> if it's your, if it's your, if that's your jam, is that then, what you close with now with Adam Hanna? <laughs> I don't think we've done that in a while. But uh, yeah, no, I mean it's 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 great to see that for the people, you know, like it comes down to, we made this music because it's music that we like. You know, it's it's the stuff that if I didn't have to listen to it forty billion times in the mixing process, I would listen to it every now and then. Sure, but I've uh, been ruined you know, for you. It, if we didn't like it then this this whole process would have been miserable because yeah you have to appreciate um the virtuosic uh like guitar work you have to appreciate the composition and everything like that and no i don't said the internet trolls good good i'm glad they gave us a view and and uh and uh, a comment it you know it, it's great but I, for the people that do connect with that and i think have been searching for a style of music a modern style of music that fits what you know they grew up with with a lot of because this type of music was a lot more common at least in like you know the cacophony sense of, of right. like that really crazy guitar work being the forefront and and the guitar work being the uh vocals of, of the music that's something that is it's a smaller market or a niche that now and, and we're seeing now the people that come across are like oh shit that people are still making that music thanks video games yeah, right. <laughs> Get us in a video well, game. Can someone. I also tell you that, like, as a guitar fan, look, Nuno. Let's just talk Back about to my, Nuno, my favorite always. person. Um, he didn't, and he even said to us, like, I, I'm not a shredder. Don't call me a shredder. I mean, he's on tour with Ingve Malmsteen, Zach Wild, and Steve Vai, and Tosin Abasi, but he's not a shredder at all. Um, but he, he, even when he came out with Schizophonic, everyone expected him to have like this crazy shred guitar record, and he didn't do it because he's Nuno, and he doesn't want to give anyone else what they want. He wants to give you what he wants, which is what's awesome about him as an artist. That said, um, when he came and played on this record, I mean, I don't think he's really released a whole lot since 2009. Like, I'm sure Extreme's sitting there going, wait, why? Yeah. Um, but he put one of my favorite, if not my all-time favorite, Nuno solos uh, on this on this song. Because mm -hmm. it's everything I love about Nuno. He's, he's, he's got notes that, like, you didn't expect. He's fast. He's slow. He, he moves his head like Zach. Uh, I don't want to say like Zach Wild. It's like, like Nuno and shakes the the dream catcher and the feather and it's so rock and roll but the the greatest compliment of all was i love the guitars neely brosh she's the sister of ethan brosh who played on singularity and she's one of the greatest guitar i don't want to say female guitarist. she's like one of the greatest guitarists out there right now and she's now playing with danny elfman so i'm like oh totally a fan so i I had messaged her because I had ordered a poster and it wasn't signed and I thought it was signed. So she was nice enough to send me a signed poster. So in thanks, I always see your post about Nuno Betancourt and Nuno in return has posted her as inspiration. So I sent her take another piece like before we had released it as a thank you. Never listened to it. I see Ethan Brosh at a guitar show because he, and he's like, oh, my sister Saw the new Nuno song, which, by the way, if you go to his Instagram or his Facebook, whatever, it's just the cut up parts of Nuno, <laughs> which is great because it's just like straight to the meat and potatoes. And I, I got to say that, like, I would just fast forward to Nuno anyway, because why not? Um, I recommend and, watching the whole video, though. Yes. Whatever. Um, <laughs> who cares about anyone else other than Nuno? Team Nuno. Um, but that said, uh, she was like, dude, Ethan, have you heard the new Nuno song? Have you heard the new Nuno song? Say that five. New Nuno song. Because she, her favorite guitarist is Nuno. And Ethan just looked at her and goes, you know, that's Benny's band, right? Like, that's Benny. And she was like, what? 
I'm like, yeah, the creepy guy being like, hey, listen to my song. <laughs> the guy ah, trolling you on the internet. That's with Nuno. Spamming so you. That was one of the greatest compliments because she was so excited about new music from Nuno. And if there's anything that we were able to achieve with this record, we got Nuno to release something that's four minutes straight of him shredding. People really appreciated it. I mean, so many comments I would were call about it shredding, that. playing beautifully. Yeah. Well, he's an artist, of course. So. Yeah. So go it. to lostsymphony.com and buy things. He's right, our giant infomercial of, of an episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here all night. We'll be here all night. No. You guys are now funding our show. Yeah. So if you do a donation of $500, yeah. we'll send you some Boris Grow artwork and a coffee mug and yeah. uh, even some records. By all night, we mean another 15, 16 minutes. Ah, okay. Corey's like Corey's the timekeeper, so I never, I never know how long we've gone. <laughs> I forget to pay attention. <laughs> it's not important anyways. But anyways, so yeah, that, that uh, you know, go go support Lost Symphony. Check out all the great guests. Go back and listen to all the cool episodes with our guests. They're they're fascinating. But uh, you know, I guess in the last uh, last section of this this episode, maybe we can dive in a little bit to what we've been up to for the past yeah, good idea you know, you know, year or so. Like uh, Siobhan, you were a constantly touring musician who hasn't been touring for the past year so how are you uh how have you been weathering all this i know you i know you're keeping busy yeah so well i mean lost symphony actually did take up a, a fair chunk of recording time finishing up chapter three um but besides that i really took the year to try and dive into honing some more skills you know, like a lot of the guests that we've talked to um, just kind of getting better with the technology, trying to get into making some videos. I've been taking classes online at Berkeley to learn about production since <laughs> between the two of you, you know, I'm not the most techie person. Um, but you know, it was surprising how quickly things started to pick up, at least in Miami. What Ben's pointing at the screen saying that we can't hear him. No, we can't hear you, Ben. Oh, this is, this is imitating you. This is uh, great. I, I just, just got super excited and now I'm really disappointed. I know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've always been somebody that like, as someone that says yes to too many things, of course, always getting pulled into different projects. I've uh, been working with a singer here in Miami who I've been kind of her music director, creative director for a bunch of different projects and shows. Um, a lot of collaborations. I'm actually, I just did a video collaboration with a girl who's like a sort of a metal singer. I, th I think she's in South America or maybe overseas. Um, so we're doing a kind of mashup video. So a lot of just like remote collaborations uh, recording projects, just trying to keep myself motivated, practicing a lot. How have you felt with the lack of the live performances? Obviously, I know you have you have some more like like regular local gigs that you've been doing, but mm -hmm. what, with with the lack of touring in your life, how how has that been? It's been hard because I love traveling. You know, I love seeing new places, and for me, creatively. I, I get so in, I feel like my brain is just more inspired in its natural state when I'm interacting with different people, seeing new places, having new experiences. And when I get into too much of a rhythm or I'm, you know, in an enclosed environment, sitting in a studio all day, for example, even if I'm going out and doing a local gig here or there, it's harder for me to feel creative and inspired. You know, I start to kind of hit a wall at a certain point mm -hmm. and I, I really need that, you know, something new, something fresh. So it's, it, it's definitely been rough. It's emotionally difficult, but it's you know hope is on the horizon that's <laughs> true so we'll see what yes. about you guys Corey? what have, what else have you been up to besides lost symphony hell <sighs> yeah not not a whole <laughs> lot you know uh, it's 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 
I'm very fortunate that we that we have the podcast and that we did, you know, take all this work we've done over the past, you know, five, six years with recording and and putting together the Lost Symphony content, that it all is being rolled out over the past year or so. Um, because that's a lot of work. And yeah. we don't have we, we don't have a big team here. So <laughs> I think, you know, there's been uh certainly like roller coasters of of just time where it's uh, taking a lot of, of the things that have to get done to put out this music and to put together this podcast. And they kind of like compress into like really long days where it feels like weeks go by like that. Um, yeah. and, and then, you know, and then once, you know, the, the record's out and then there's this like kind of period of, of relief and breath where it's, it's a pretty um, comfortable amount of work, but still a lot of work to, to maintain all the the content we have to put together because you know lost symphony doesn't stop we put out you know videos constantly looking behind the scenes in the studio looking at you know boris's artwork like there's a lot of stuff uh that goes into you know which we don't have a singer so for people to get to know the band and the and who we are and and what we were doing we have to get creative with that stuff and you know fortunately for me uh, as someone who doesn't have, you know, a, a normal job, uh, this has been a, a pretty consistent, um, uh, experience for me putting that stuff together and helping to get the word out about what we're doing. And I also have the studio here that, uh, I'm fortunate to have people come in and, and especially more recently now with, with COVID, you know, letting up and, and people being able to be in the presence of someone else in the same space. It's been yeah. great to like actually be creating music again and, and producing um, music from people that are coming in and hearing, you know, getting outside of the lost symphony mindset, which is, you know, the more is more, you know, how, how can we fit more <laughs> notes? How can we fit more orchestra? How can everything be louder? Can we get everything louder? So now, now going back to like the more stripped down rock and roll, some pop, some country, some different genres that uh, like Matt LaPierre's new band, who yeah. also is in Lost Symphony, and also episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ch Ch Matt's episodes are great, um, and, and his his band Three Years Gone. Uh, I've been working with for the past several months, and it's been sick sounding record. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing to step back and go, okay, we're gonna create something that's that's for people that don't want to, you know, internalize the <laughs> intense. Um, cinematic shreddy things that are going on yeah, it's country pop it's it's country pop icing over some else. straight yeah. straight up rock and roll yeah you know, I mean, like riffage. nickelback it's like you know it's it's got all the my favorite elements of like you know extreme riffage and and the acdc beats and it's just it's just very very different from what i've been doing the past year and I'm very grateful for that. And I have a few other people I'm working with. Um, Adam Hanna, a friend of uh, Ben and I, that is doing much more. Super talented. Pop, much more Obnoxiously pop. in tune with things, too. Because every time I see any of your posts online, I'm just like, what did Adam make you do today? Because that <laughs> kid's always like trying to do something like yeah, he's on the edge. And he's great. But it's just like, creative. it's tiring to watch him. Yeah. And, and he's doing stuff that's even more, you know, in that the younger pop 
um, stylistic. So, you know, well, he's I'm, dreamy. I'm he stretching out my experience doing more programmed, you know, dancey things. And, uh-huh. and, and, and didn't you get a new guitar at the beginning of this episode to go play it? I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to end this episode so I can go open my new guitar. It's, <laughs> it's sitting in a box in the hallway right now. Oh my. You can totally get it and open it on the show, you know, like there's nothing uh, wrong with that. Cause I'm doing the neurotic guitarist. So we yeah, can do a it, neurotic guitarist segment right now. We can just watch you on the other screen. I don't think it would be that fascinating, but, um, <laughs> we'll we'll see it's up for us to judge (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah so it's it's been it's been exciting it's been things things are new all the time which i think is the most important thing we could ask for in in our profession is that we're not getting tied down to just one project we all have a lot of things going on i know ben you can you can talk about we'll we'll actually let you talk about the neurotic guitarist without cutting you off if you'd like to tell us what's going on he's been good he sat back and let us talk about ourselves a little bit so yeah good job ben Coffee you got trying off. to take notes. You got you got five <laughs> minutes. Let's see. <laughs> Get the big timer. Well, aren't you supposed to ask me a question first? Well, I the did. question is, what have you been up to aside from well, the Lost Symphony craziness? I'm so glad you asked that, Siobhan. Um, well, it's been crazy, just like you guys. You know, the first thing that's really cool that I definitely agree with Corey is that like every day is new. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a new anxiety. It's a new uh, <laughs> new thing unexpected to lift you drama. Up. Yeah, and, and like it's like today. You know, uh, Marty Friedman said this and like, you know, getting a text message from Nuno is like, you know, like a a whole day of experience for me. Like, you know, like we had. So when I say that, like everything's new, it's the beginning of COVID. I started a DJ company because I was DJing, um, you know, and I was like, oh, maybe it's time for me to become the pimp as opposed to the the whore. And um (laughs) To spend almost $50,000 to not do a single wedding was slightly depressing. But now it's forced me out of my shell. And like one, it it basically forced me and my fiance to move in together and cohabitate, which basically made the pandas get along. Um, You know, we're like... And now As we're like, one oh, I like you. I'll bring you the honey. <laughs> and like, you know, now I'm engaged. So that happened. And then I started yelling at a camera like I've always done, but like more seriously with my friend Jim Foster. With more direction. Uh, and made this say. thing called the Neurotic Guitars, which uh, uh, me just basically talking about my nerdy obsession with guitars, which by the way, Siobhan, I want to say thank you because you and Brock were like my first fans because even though we were doing this and playing on Lost Symphony, Siobhan, when I first made, made my first few videos, would share them and be like, you're going to be a star doesn't like doesn't matter that we're in like lost symphony with all these famous people it doesn't matter that we're on like 2020 talking to all these famous established very hyper successful people this guitar thing you nerding out about guitars it's a thing and that's what's gonna do it so um now uh, we had an investor put some money into it which is just so humbling and crazy and we went out to vegas and we filmed it um and the thing is, you know, it started off about like me talking about like, this is Rosewood to like me and Cindy, my fiance, just kind of like fighting and doing normal things. <laughs> Transition that are into reality since, TV. You know, all we watch is Discovery Plus, And if it's not, if it has any form of substance whatsoever, we immediately turn it off. Um, so, but I've realized that with like a lot of those reality characters, they can get you fucking forever. Like, look at the Jersey Shore. Those are people are going to be 60 years old, still going to some fucking country because people are just uh, in love with those characters. And if there's anything I am, it's a character. Indeed. So go check out the neurotic guitarist. Dot com. Dot com. And we're, hold on, actually, the other thing I forgot to say is that Jason Becker, we've been doing work with Jason Becker, like every guitar player and Herman Lee, fucking killing it. And, uh, but 
Uh, we've been trying to raise some money. We got we got some investors to put some money behind some of the guitars that have gone out, and and we hope to do a whole lot more for Jason. So stay tuned for that, as well as with the Neurotic Guitarist. I will tell you that my buddy Jimmy and my buddies Jimmy and Joe out in Jersey. Um, we're gonna talk to them a bunch because uh, they were Les Paul's best friends and have a bunch of Les's cool badass artifacts and amazing stories which just trump anything um and much to my uh, complete and utter horror a lot of the stuff that they have hasn't been properly archived or or you know put in a way like the this stuff should be in the uh, in the met or in the smithsonian or the louvre like because Les Paul was like, in my mind, tantamount to Leonardo da Vinci of our time. He was the Steve Jobs of guitar, except not such, such a dirty asshole hippie, you know? <laughs> so like, I'm going to hopefully bring him back to life through a lot of the stuff that, that Jimmy and Joe are the gatekeepers for. And I call him Jimmy only because Les Paul called him that. His name's Jim. He's a retired police officer. So like, I should probably call him Jim out of respect, but he's like, Betty, you can call me whatever you want. So howdy, Jimmy. Miss you, bro. <laughs> a lot of exciting things <laughs> coming your way. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it's been nice to actually have a, uh, an episode here where, where we're able to dive a little deeper into who we are and what we're doing. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, our guests are these massive personalities and these people that, that we're, we're just sitting here being fans yeah, a lot of the time absorbing the knowledge so it you know it's it's good that we can take an episode and just make people dumber with our stupidity yeah, exactly so. we got to even it uh, out a is little anyone bit. still listening like i feel like i should be pay- playing pink floyd like is there anybody out there <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. we'll have to check our youtube analytics and see <laughs> how, how long do you think the average watch is on it's like a minute and 30 seconds when did you when did you start talking right exactly so maybe 10 seconds in <laughs> who knows <laughs> but anyone that has made it this far we do appreciate um you guys checking out the show for you know it, there's so many episodes there you know it's not a it's not a serial drama you can go bounce around and and, and check them all out and see the ones that interest you and, and the ones that you don't recognize everyone we've talked to has been been fascinating in their own way so make sure you just kind of take a look it's an hour long if you're, you're sitting there running the treadmill going to the gym it's a pretty solid way to to waste an hour really good way to get through an airplane ride now is to download a few of them like i'm telling you right now like I mow the lawn and I fucking murder it at the lawn when I'm fucking listening to, to this show because I go back and listen and I wince and feel pain a lot from the things that I say or people say things to me. But you or feel somewhat whatever. smarter from the things our guests say and I feel like we always absorb yeah. something. I always feel energized after we do these episodes, you know, it's always yeah. some tidbit that, that helps make my life a little bit better. Hopefully it does what it for you. What would be you. great is, especially on this episode here, like let's just make the ask, like leave a comment for us of like maybe some things you'd like to hear about because we're we're still we're booking new people we're coming up with new topics you know the show originally was just to basically give ourselves something to do and it's, it's obviously grown quite a bit and uh you know we like talking to successful people we like kind of seeing you know we want to learn things so if you guys have comments if you want to tell ben to shut up feel free to put it in the if there's in people the, that you guys want to see um yeah if you know that you say oh i really like this episode you know with jason leckberg we want to talk to more marketing people because we learned something from that or hey man like talk to another legendary guitarist like steve stevens like okay mission accepted alex skolnick mission accepted you know what i mean like we we love 
hearing from you guys. And look, you have to also understand that when we first did a bunch of these episodes, like, you know, especially like David Abraziz was probably our first real guest that people like gave a flying fuck about, like right from the start. And we had Richard Shaw on, but nobody realized how awesome he was yet because we didn't have anyone other than my mom and maybe Siobhan's mom watching this um, at that time. But we realized very quickly that I talk over people. They realized that yeah. when we were making this better. shit, we We've didn't have better. you guys to yell at us for the first like <laughs> 20 episodes. So like, it's just like, we didn't even think that this was going to be a thing. So actually we had uh, one of our, our favorite comments was that Ben sounds like a cigarette smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and uh, I would love it if people could come up with more examples. I love those. Anything. Of, yeah. Visual. If you, whoever gets you know the what? funniest comment, you know, we'll have to see if we can maybe get some, some merch together. So if you guys read in the credits, I don't know if anyone have noticed, but like I've made up fake titles that Corey puts like really stupid titles. So like if you guys want to come up with dumb titles to, to, for me, like they can be as effacing as possible. I don't care. I think it's funny. Like literally like, you know, I, I put like like on site phrenologist and then like, you know, like HR for HR, like stupid things like the redundancy department of redundancy, like Benny Goodman, like come up with something that I could do and we'll put it in the credits. There we go. And then if you if you come up with it maybe we'll put you as like you know for that episode or those episodes like you know producer there we go or whatever yeah. title Corey Fun wants to incentive. come up for you like you know like internet troll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll do it guys like if yeah. we can have at least three comments to choose from that aren't terrible we'll do it awesome so, so leave us a Mom, comment let count. us know what's going on we'd love to hear from you and this has been 2020 2020-d.com sponsored by us lost symphony uh lost symphony.com go buy a mug they're only 14 or 15 bucks not 30, the neurotic not, guitarist not 30 com. like ben said um <laughs> and, and check out one two and three yeah chapter one two and three take another piece out now and uh we will see you next time Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 74, featuring Elizabeth Jaroff, otherwise known as the charismatic voice. Check it out. It's kind of like AI meets classical music, and it's great because you can make decisions because one of the things that's constrictive about classical music is the fact that so you're I, I just want to I want to point exactly. out right now, because I've watched so many of your videos, the vein on Ben's neck right now, is that good vocal technique? <laughs> I have to say, speaking of comments, my favorite comment that we've ever gotten on one of our videos is someone said that Ben South, his voice sounds like a cigarette smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? That's amazing. That's a great comment. I, I had a, uh, a comment one time. This is, this is just legendary now. It said, your left eyebrow is thicker than the other one, but nice video. <laughs> Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.